Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. All right, you guys, I am so excited to be interviewing Jade Smith today on the show. She's going to be sharing her experience with balancing the work dreams and personal dreams and letting them meet in the middle. And I can personally resonate with this topic so much because I have really big dreams for my life and my business, but I also know that sometimes we have seasons devoted to each one and that's okay. And I mean, at the time of recording this for me personally, I recently lost childcare for my son. So I can only work between like five and 10 hours a week right now because I'm spending the majority of my time with him. So I will admit that it's personally a struggle for both my sanity and my ego because my ego just wants to work and be the best at everything. (laughs) But I'm also reminding myself that he's only going to be little for a little bit. So it's important to cherish this time. But enough about me. I want to dive into talking with Jade. So Jade, I'm going to hand the ropes over to you. Can you um, just start off by telling everybody who you are, what you do, and what got you started in your business? And then we'll dive into that topic. Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. Um, I started my business about two and a half years ago. I came from a project management role at a film company, had a lot of executive admin experience, worked in the nonprofit world. So I had quite a variety of skill and did a little bit of media, did a little bit of admin. And um, what interested me in starting my own virtual assistant business was um, the freedom, the freedom to be home with kids, the freedom to, and that was really, that was really the foundation of it all, the freedom to do anything I wanted, to have the time freedom at home, to be with kids, um, and, you know, to have no ceiling. You could just, I can grow wherever I want to grow. Um, and that was a very interesting journey because I never viewed myself as an entrepreneur. I never had any desire to start my own business. And the, it just kind of came, it snuck up on me. <laughs> it snuck up on me. And um, it, the you know first couple of years were rocky. You're, you're getting your footing. And um, last year, actually, during uh, the pandemic, things just took off. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with the online world growing um, and all of that, but I was really determined to, um, to, to grow. So it took off and um, 
we are around 15 to 20 clients. So we're kind of like a boutique virtual assistant agency. And we have a team between five and seven people. Um, so we do mar some marketing services, social media, email marketing, landing page, kind of do anything you need us to do. And we help with systems in Dubsado or Airtable and connecting things with Kajabi and all, all of the, you know, heavier systems things. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what we do. That's where I've been in this journey. Um, it's, it's really fun to, to, um, to connect with other women who are trying to build a, their own virtual assistant business. So I offer coaching programs and this internship program that really has kind of been around since the beginning of my business. And so that's been, been really neat too, to walk other people through that journey. Like, like I've walked through that journey. There's so many women that are, that are trying to do that right now. It's, it's, it's awesome to be part of that with them. Yes, I completely agree. And that's one of the big reasons why I wanted to start this podcast in the first place, because that freedom of working for yourself, waking up when you want to, assuming your kids don't wake you up and like going to the yes. grocery store at 10 in the morning when I was working in my nine to five, like that was my big dream. I would literally sit in a cubicle and there was a Jewel Osco across the street and I would watch people go into the grocery store at 10 in the morning. And I was sitting in my cubicle, just so depressed because I didn't have that freedom to go out and do what I wanted when I wanted to. And it sounds silly. And now I don't even go to the grocery store. I order all of my groceries, but um, I'm, that's besides the point. It's just having that extra freedom. And that's one of the missions behind this show too, to show other people that it's possible and yes. inspire them. And I love that you help people do that in your business too. So Let's talk a little bit about the topic today, which is balancing work dreams and personal dreams. So can you share a little bit more about that and why it's such an important topic for people to hear about? Yes. Where do I start? <laughs> um, I was thinking about this and trying to wrap my head around, like, what does that mean? What does it mean to have balance with work dreams and personal dreams? I think that this is a tension and a struggle that everybody deals with on the day to day. Like you were stuck in that cubicle and you're watching those people go in the grocery store and you're trying to think about how can I do that? And it's that tension between being where you are and where do you want to be? And, um, and sometimes it's like, I see it as like being two tracks and, and they kind of weave in and out of each other. They reflect each other. They complement each other. Um, and I heard somebody a while back, they said they were talking about balance. Because um, if that's what we're, if that's what we're looking at as the balance between the work dreams and the work goals and the personal dreams and the personal goals, if we're looking at that as, as balance, they said balance is not possible. It's not possible. And mm -hmm. when I heard that, I, I agree was, with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I heard that, you know, at first you're like a little mad. You're like, Don't tell me that. Don't tell me it's not possible. Um, and it feels a little maybe disempowering and you're, you're like, okay, well, how, what does this look like? Tell me when I'm, tell me something that helps. Give me something I need. Um, but it's also really empowering and really encouraging at the same time because it doesn't have to, there's no formula. It doesn't have to be balanced in the way that we think of balance, the way that we put this expectation on ourselves about what, what, is it, what does that look like to be balanced? I think, I think when we back up and do some self-reflection and have these kinds of conversations 
to outline a realistic way of thinking about the work goals, the work dreams, and the personal goals and the personal dreams. And, um, and just see those things for what they are in ourselves in relation to them. If we can like have that sky level, you know, bird's eye view perspective about what's going on, we're going to free ourselves up to actually accomplish those things to actually get there faster. Our mindset's going to be like on point. We're not going to suffer with imposter syndrome or burnout because there's a really clear vision there. And I, I think that that's really the foundation for what we might call balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. When I first heard the term balance, I literally thought this is probably going to seem silly, like 50, 50, like 50% yeah. personal life, 50% business life. And it just was like perfectly balanced <laughs> for lack of a better term. Right. Uh-huh. And I have come to find out that is not the case, even before I had my son, because I was still working on my nine to five while building my job. And there was not a balance there because I was doing like 40 hours in my job, but I was doing like 60 hours in my side hustle. So there was still no balance there. And then I wasn't sleeping. So like, where does the personal life come into all of this too? (laughs) Right. Um, And I also love that you shared, like, I don't the focus on figuring out what that looks like for you specifically, like what, what feels good to you? I don't think enough people are asking themselves that. I think people are just blindly following what other people are saying or like listening to what other people are telling them to be true. Have you noticed that too? That's a really great point. Yeah. And I think that that's a part of that expectation bubble because we put expectation on ourselves, but a lot of times the expectation we're putting on ourselves is kind of formed by all these outside sources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the greatest pieces of advice that I got from somebody, and it, it's taken me a long time to do this, is to get quiet with myself and listen to what I'm saying inside. Like what, what is, mm-hmm. what is my internal voice saying to me? Because that's, that's hard to do, right? A lot of people aren't doing that because it's not easy. And uh, like, they're just listening to other people or turning to other people, like, coaches and consultants and buying programs to try to give them the answer. But it doesn't really work that way. You have to figure out what works really good for you. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and I think that oftentimes that it actually ends up being a distraction and it, it can be this thing that um, dilutes what you're trying to do too. You maybe get hazy and confused about what, what is the actual goal? Because now you've got all these outside voices coming in and telling you, what balance looks like or what the goals maybe should look like. And then, you know, you get down the road and you're like, wait, this isn't what I had in mind at all. And I still don't feel balanced. I I just feel confused. So I think that that's, that's one of the reasons that this conversation is so important. Like you said, for people to be asking that question and and have that self-awareness and take that investment for personal growth. um, So that we're, we're doing the, the thing on both sides of the spectrum for the work and the personal so that those can beautifully meet in the middle and really reflect the true, the true desire that's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any examples of how you've done that in your own Mm -hmm. life, in your own business (laughs) that you can call on? I know I'm just kind of like, I'm asking you to kind of think off the top of your head here. (laughs) Well, well, it's just funny because no one's arrived, you know, no one has got this figured out. So I can't say I'm the expert with this thing, but um, 
one of the reasons why this topic is relevant is because it's something I'm thinking about. You know, I think that's that's the first step for for us to cross this bridge um, and learn the ebb and flow of what balance looks like is is simply by being cognitive that we want to make this change. It's part of that like rewiring your brain and changing your mindset is like, okay, how how do I act this out in my day-to-day life so that it's starting to, for lack of a better word, to manifest, you know, in all of these different areas. Um, I mean, I think that's the perfect word because that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So if I was going to, if I was going to say a, an example like from my own life, I feel like there's so, there's so many examples. I feel like I'm actively working out right now, but I'm trying to think about very specifically that, um, that has been a really good display of like that working, that balance working for me. And um, I think, I think it would have to be the journey into my first year of motherhood. I think probably a lot of women experience that in that, in that season. Um, it's like a, a rite of passage, if you will, where you kind of learn a new way of, of doing things because if, the, if there wasn't balance before, there's definitely not balance when you add a baby. <laughs> right. That's, that's the truth everything's out of whack your hormones your brain literally everything your body everything (laughs) exactly and um when 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 that happens and you're also if you're you know have just started a business or trying to start a business like geez you know that's that's a lot it's a lot going on um and so that's I feel like a time where we really can grow and there's a lot of growing pains and understanding what that balance looks like and there's a lot of maturing even as um as people just maturing and you know can't be as selfish as you were before you have to be more disciplined with your time and with what you do and getting sleep and (laughs) all of those things kind of take their their right place um but my my story would be the process of of coming out of a full-time position at a company, I knew that we were we were going to be having our our first baby, and I wanted to go back to work part time. So just the journey of like going from that full time, you know that that's a the work goal there was. I want to I want to keep things sustained. I don't want to lose my place in in the workplace i want to stay engaged i want to keep a career intact that's a huge fear for a lot of mothers um, especially depending on what kind of company you're at you know there's so many variations of what that could look like and the company that i was at was a very small company so you know not a lot of like uh benefits or you know not a ton of guarantees about what that might look like going back so there was some fear there around around what that might look like but the personal dream, the personal desire is we're having a baby and I want to be home with this baby. And I don't know yet um, what that looks like because you never know. I feel like a, a lot of moms, this new moms, this happens. They're, they're not sure if they're going to want to go back to work at all. They're like, maybe I just want to stay home or maybe I don't want to be home with the baby at all. Maybe after this happens, I'm like, get me to work, give me some space. Um, and so it's interesting because you, you really don't know what to expect and you have to have a lot of grace for yourself in that process of 
walking this thing out and figuring out what is it that you actually want in that personal desire. And um, just, just that journey of being able to go from the full-time position, the journey into motherhood, and actually re-enter that, that job at that same company in a more part-time position was really challenging. But I think that that was one of the first eye-opening moments for me of just seeing how your, your work life and your personal life should really feed each other. They should really respect each other. They should honor each other and they should gain value from each other. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of things that I want to say. I'm taking notes right now, so I don't forget to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But um, I have a couple of questions for you because I think it will help the audience who's listening. So how many kids do you have now? Do you have just the one or do you have I more? Have two. I you have two, two now. I have okay. a five-year-old boy and I have a three-year-old girl. Okay. And all of this was with your five-year-old, I'm assuming, because that was your first baby. Yeah, that's right. And okay. this, um, this process that I just described of like leaving that full-time job and going back into the part-time that happened with my first. Um, but then when we had our second baby, it was shortly after we had our second baby that I, I did the exact same thing. I went from full-time, had the baby back to part-time, but then four or five months after having that second baby, I started my business. Okay. That was going to be my next question. When did your business fall into all of yeah. this? So it was after baby number yeah. two. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And you did that so that you could stay home with them. I'm assuming spend more time. I know we talked about the freedom concept as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There were a few things that were driving that uh, decision, but I just remember it's so funny because because now I'm, I'm in the online world and, and there's just so much, like I, I say all the time, like uh, people say that the market is oversaturated. I'm like, no, the demand is high. Like the needs in the online space is so high. There's so much work <laughs> for people to do here. Um, oh my gosh. Yes. I just have to pause on that because I work with service providers, like VAs, OBMs, graphic designers, and they're like, the market is oversaturated. There's a million VAs. And I'm like, do you not realize how much work there is available right now? In 2020, all of these businesses realized that they needed to be online. The market is literally exploding with opportunities right now. There's literally never been a better time to be online it's right now. so but true. It's crazy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly the truth. But back, you know, when, when was this 20, uh, early 2019, when I was getting started, I remember like actually driving in my car one day, I have this very vivid memory, like driving in the car on my way home from work. And I'm in that like five, uh, you know, five, five thirty hour where it's like, you're driving home the rush hour traffic at the end of the day. And I was like, just thinking through like searching, digging through my brain, like trying to come up with how, what would it look like to make money from home? And I wasn't even really thinking about the online component. Cause actually at the time I was like, I want to, I want to do like more like hands-on things, you know, like I want to create or I want to do, I wasn't even thinking about the online component. I, I had no idea what was even available in that realm. And so having that vivid memory that day of like having no clue literally where I was going to go or what a, what a business would look like and to where I am now, it's just, it's really, it's a really cool, um, it's a really cool journey. Oh, I completely agree. I didn't even know the online world existed. Well, 
for me, it was 2017. So a couple of years before you, but mm -hmm. I found it through a Facebook ad. So whoever did their targeting for that Facebook ad did a great <laughs> job because I was the perfect person for that ad. And I signed up for a webinar, learned about this magical online space where you can work from home. But for me, I don't know if it was the same for you. Those first couple of years while I was doing this on the side, there was so much imposter syndrome creeping in and like, am I actually capable of helping other people do these things? Can I actually do these things for other people? Like I've been working in a nine to five job for the past 10. Well, at that point it was like five, seven years. I don't know, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, like, I, I don't know what this online world is. So did a lot of those feelings come up with you, come up for you after you like decided that you wanted to actually start this VA business? Yeah. I mean, there, there were quite, there was quite a list of, <laughs> of different, um, you know, hesitations or, or limitations. Cause when I started, I was, you know, I was working, I was at home with the kids. I was working part-time. So there was that limitation of time and, and what can you accomplish? And, um, you're now in this new environment where you don't work the nine to five alone at the desk and you can get whatever done in that nine to five, but now you're home with the kids and you're, that's the balancing too there. Um, <laughs> so that was a, a learning curve and a challenge. Uh, but I think, I think when the, well, I'll say two, there were two really significant challenges for me in that first year. And um, the first one was the fluctuation of income when you're building from ground zero. Oh my gosh. Yes. Say it louder. <laughs> the fluctuation. <laughs> yeah. The fluctuation of income when you're building from nothing. Cause, and I, we don't give ourselves enough credit for this because you're starting from zero, zero dollars. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Just having to um, learn what does it look like to build something sustainable and, and build up a clientele and Honestly, I think that the reason my, my second year of business like kicked off and skyrocketed was because by that point I had referrals coming through and like still to this day, like the referrals, they're just coming through. And that, that really was like a foundational piece of, of, um, of groundwork that it was crucial, but it was, it was really challenging because, um, you know, we need, we needed money, like <laughs> financial goals are, are a huge motivating factor. And, um, and that can be such a, such a challenge when you're trying to separate those things out. Um, the second thing I think was, it was a biggest challenge for me in my first year. I wouldn't say it was imposter syndrome necessarily. Um, I'm a very, like, I'll almost be like, oh yeah, I can do that. No problem. <laughs> so I don't always struggle with the imposter syndrome as much as I do, like probably being like, oh wait, no, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, the second thing that was the biggest challenge was, um, really just getting into to the difficult situations with clients and not, not taking things personally with mm, how, yeah. if it went, if it didn't go well, or if they, you know, if they didn't like me or, you know, what, whatever. No, it wasn't necessarily like this an imposter syndrome, but I would, I would, if I lost a client or if I had a negative interaction with a client, I would take it really hard and I would kind of fall into this slump where I started having those repeating thoughts of like, oh, I just need to go get a job, you know? <laughs> oh, I know. I had those thoughts. I don't even know how many times. I should just call my boss. I should just go back to my job. It's so much yeah. better and easier than doing all of this. Yeah. yeah, I think I had a really 
a, a pivot, one of those moments where you just decide to change your mind. Um, because I remember having that thought over and over again, I was kind of getting annoyed with myself for lack of a better word. Um, I was getting annoyed with that pattern of, oh, maybe I should quit. Maybe I should get a job. Maybe, rah, 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 rah. And like, eventually I was like, if I keep, why am I still doing this? I just need to decide that I'm doing this. I need to do it. And so I stopped having those thoughts. I just didn't give it any of my attention anymore. And to this day, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not going back. This is what I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, where energy goes, money flows. I don't know yes. if you've heard that saying before, but yeah. It's very accurate. Yeah. I mean, all of those, well, those two points that you mentioned, yeah, they're so common because we're inundated with people saying that they reach six figures in six months. It took me four freaking years to reach six figures in my business because of all of the challenges that came up. So don't, don't listen to what other people are telling you. (laughs) They may have reached six figures, but were they working a hundred hours a week? Like maybe, probably. Did they have people supporting them? What was their relationship with their partner, their spouse, their kids, if they had that? So please don't get caught up in that. If you're listening to this right now, if you're in the beginning stages of your business, just stay focused on your goal. Try to do only the things that you need to be doing. That's one of the biggest things that I tell my clients, like literally only focus on the things that you need to be doing and outsource the rest or just put it on pause for the time being if you're a solopreneur. Because yeah, it's way too easy to get stuck in that. And then you just go down that mindset rabbit hole of like, I'm not good enough. I'm going to go back to my job. I'm not cut out for this, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, you are good enough for this. You are capable of doing this. It's just going to take some time and it's going to take a lot of hard work to make it happen too. Yeah. I love, I love that you brought that up. And it reminds me of something, something else that happened in my journey, in my two years of business that I think is probably really common and we need to create a space to support women really well in this um between the first and second year of business i had a miscarriage and i had to step back and let my world <laughs> fall apart yeah and so. yeah and i think um that is to me looking back now that's such a wonderful display. Like if you're looking for an example of that balance in my life where the work goals and the the work priorities meet the personal priorities, I think that that's a a really um, wonderful display of that inaction in my life because I just really let myself pull back, be okay with where things were, take time to process, take time to heal and and then I, when I kind of came back in my business, I came back in really headstrong, probably more so than I should have, because I was trying to escape a little from everything I was dealing with yeah. under the surface. But I also attribute that to why another reason why my, my business was able to kind of take a turn and really start taking off is because um, I, I really wanted to pour myself into something and, and recreate from a place where there had been this like brokenness and, and death for lack of a better word, this death in my, in my life. And so um, another, another reason why that balance is so important, I think that as women and just as people, we really, really need to be encouraging, especially in the online space, um, you know, in, in corporate world and in the physical, you know, brick and mortar, 
there's policies, there's face-to-face, there's, you know, there's all this structure in place for people to take their maternity leave and to, um, you know, take their vacation time. And, and then when you get into your solopreneur world where you're online, who's encouraging you to do that? Who's giving you the, the support to do that? And we need to be saying to each other, hey, slow down, take time off, take care of yourself. You know, it's okay that you're grieving. Go do that and do it well and come back when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. I'm trying to push that message as much as possible. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Just normalize being a real person. Yes. Like you, <laughs> you are not a freaking robot you can, you can feel your emotions. You can feel the pain that's happening inside of you. Your business is not going to go anywhere. If you take a month or two or three or whatever off, you can still come back to your business. It's literally not going anywhere, but you, if you do not take time to focus on yourself, deal with whatever pain is coming up for you, whether like for you, it was a miscarriage or even just mindset stuff. That's clogging up your brain, your business isn't going to grow anyway, because like, you're not focusing on yourself. You have to focus on your on yourself first and foremost. And I think that's where a lot of this, like this balance comes into play between the work and the personal, because the work is always going to be there. But if you don't have that personal side figured out in terms of like, just feeling really great about everything and really focused on what you want to accomplish with this work that you're doing, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's, there's so much there that you just said. That's, that's so good. Um, it, it makes me think about the, I think it's in the four hour work week, the book where um, they kind of talk about the difference between the traditional work world is like you work, you know, from your twenties all the way up through your seventies and you retire. And then you get that last little chunk of your retirement versus, you know, this, this lifestyle of working for yourself really reflects that, um, where retirement is interspersed throughout the course of, of your whole life. Um, and so I think one thing that we're doing really culturally and just across the board is kind of taking that model and turning it upside down a little and trying to break down, um, how do we, how do we actually view work? Because we have done this nine to five Monday through Friday's work. And then we get our two days on the weekend. Hope that's enough. <laughs> and we have to change, change the way that we think about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think 2020 made that known to people who were just used to this like very rigid nine to five schedule. And now they're home with their family and maybe they can't get their work done during the day because their kids are screaming. So maybe they do need to work on it at night. So they're not working during the day. That's a silly example. But um, I'm also reading this book. It's called Rest right now. I just started. I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but Mm -hmm. it really focuses on, I'll put the link in the show notes for Um, you guys too, but it focuses on working less so that you can do more and make more with not only money, but just like in terms of your life experiences too. Um, Because if you don't take that time to rest, especially if you're somebody who's in a creative field, which most people in the online space are like, it's very creative work. You need to shut down your brain. You need to do it more than a couple of hours at night. Like sometimes it is required that you take a week off at a time so that you can like reset and again, go inside and like ask yourself, what's going on? Like, am I, is this goal that I'm working toward? Like, why do I want to do that? So I, I've just started the book, so I don't have all (laughs) of the, um, I don't have all of the like 
secrets that he's sharing in it. But I highly recommend it because I like the first chapter and it's already really good. But if you are somebody who struggles with not just understanding that um, it's okay to take time away from working, but also somebody who feels like compelled, like you have to be working, I highly recommend this book because it shows you not only the science behind it, but also like the emotional effect that it takes on your life. So good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really good. I'm excited to dive in. Yeah. Adding that to my list for sure. Cause I'm one of those people that I'm workaholic prone and I, I hate it. (laughs) Same. Yeah. When I worked in corporate, it was a badge of honor to be working upwards. Like if you worked 40 hours, you weren't working enough. Like that was the bare minimum. You needed to be in at seven and you should leave the door at seven. So it was like minimum of 12 hour days plus weekends. Like it, it was crazy. The company that I've worked at, but um, yeah, I think it, I think it's time to just change the the story around that. Like I, like I said, at the beginning of this, I can only work between four or 10 hours a week right now. And when I tell people that they think that I'm crazy. And I was like, I'm, I don't have another choice. Like that is the season of my life and that I'm in, right? Like that is the balance that I have. Like I am focused for those five to 10 hours a week. And then after that, sun. That's balance right now. It's amazing. But that's, what's so cool is that you have, you're able to do that. Like you're actually doing it. (laughs) Yes. You're doing it. Yeah. It feels weird to say that because I'm like, oh, I actually am doing that right now. It just, it's hard to comprehend sometimes Uh when you're coming from that like workaholic nature. Yeah, I came across a, another resource recently. Um, I've, I've heard this before. It kind of floats around. I'm not sure where it originated from, but it's the concept of deep deep work. Um, oh, he talks about that in that book. Okay, yeah. Yeah. See, I, that's I need to read the book. Yeah. You do, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that this concept of like deep work versus shallow work. And um, yeah, man, I just, I, I feel like when you can get in that deep work, you can do it in five or 10 hours a week. And you start to realize all the things you've been spending your time on that don't matter or that aren't moving the needle. Yeah. And deep work is, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think I know what it is, but it's, I haven't really gotten to that point yet, but it's really focused work and really intentional work. So not just working for the sake of it, but like actually, like, for example, this is work that I need to be doing right now. Like recording this episode with you. This is really focused and intentional work. Do I need to go update my website 50 times because I don't like the font or the color scheme? No, that is shallow work. That is not intentional work because that's not really doing anything for me or my business. It may be doing something for something in my subconscious, maybe because I feel like I need to be doing that. Like I need to be working, but it's not doing anything to move my business forward. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely what it is. It's like the difference between, you know, you're, you take 20 minutes or even 30 minutes to respond to a bunch of emails, but you're just kind of rapid fire knocking things out. Like that's shallow work. It doesn't take, it doesn't take any of your, your brain power really to do that. But if you're going to sit down and you're going to map out a launch and you got to think about a bunch of moving pieces and it's going to take you two or three hours, four hours, that's deep work. (laughs) Oh yeah. When I map out a launch, like that's all I do. That's all I put on my schedule for the day because I know that it takes so much energy and brain power to do that. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm an introverted person. So like once I do that and I give all of my energy to that task or like an individual person that I'm talking to, like I'm, I'm done. Like I, I have no energy for anything else. I need a nap. Yep. I need <laughs> to eat no, something. I it's crazy. 
Yeah, I totally, totally resonate with that. I, I can get through, sometimes I'll get through the end of my day and I'm like, my brain just isn't even, it's not even functioning. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I, I say that to my husband all the time. Like my brain hurts or my eyeballs hurt because I'm staring at the screen for too many hours at a time, but yeah, yeah I completely. That, um, that. that every, everything you're saying about the rest and, and this personal growth, how those really work together. I, I think that that would, that's my number one takeaway for everything. Um, I feel so much better about my work goals and my personal goals when I take time away to think, reflect, uh, create, do deep work, or just rest, like just do nothing. And every single time I do that and step away, I feel refreshed and I have a better perspective for everything that I want to do. Oh, absolutely. Same. And then I also have better ideas too. Like these ideas just start like coming out of nowhere and they're so creative and good. And like, what before? Yeah. Your brain is stuck doing things that doesn't need to be focusing on. Yeah. I've, I thought about that too, because there was, uh, there was a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was kind of been wrestling with this one problem in my business, like this one thing I needed to try to figure out. And you know, I sat at the computer for hours, several days in a week, trying to figure it out. And one day I was just up around my house, like getting ready to do something in the house, like on the laundry or something. And I had this idea come to me of yep. to this, the perfect solution to my problem. And I was like, that's incredible. I didn't even have to work for that. <laughs> yep. That happens to me all the time in the shower. So I actually bought, um, have you heard of Aqua Notes? No. So the, it's like a notepad for your shower. I'll put a link in the show notes oh, that for you guys too. But what? it's like, you know, when you have all those shower thoughts and you try to remember them or like me, I'm trying to shout out to, I don't want to say her name because I don't want it to S-I-R-I. I want it to pop up on my phone um, mm. to try to like create a reminder. And she's like, I can't hear you. Oh my gosh, you're worthless. <laughs> so I bought this little notepad and it's waterproof and you can write down all of oh, your thoughts is... and then you just take it and go. That is Brilliant. too cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And I, they have them on Amazon. Like I said, I'll link to those for you guys because everybody should have them because everybody has or Mm shower thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you've heard of, um, somebody told me about this recently, I'm not sure, uh, what the brand is or or what it's actually called. I need to get it, but it's, it's a a notepad that you can write on that syncs with, uh, it has like an app that will sync up with your phone. So you can like write physical notes and it syncs up. Do you have anything like that? Have you heard anything like that? Oh, that's interesting. So I have an iPad with the Apple Pencil. So that's what I use, but I, I use the Notability app. So I can pull that up on my computer, but it doesn't turn into like text, like, like in a Word doc yeah. or something. Does that yeah. make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm but some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I use my iPad for everything. It's the greatest device ever. I do all of my brainstorming on there, all of my mapping. It replaced a whiteboard for me, but um, yeah. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. I got a ton out of it and I'm sure the audience will as well. So where can everybody find you if they want to connect with you or just say hi? Yeah. So my website is Mrs. Smith Assist. Dot com. So it's M-R-S-S-M-I-T-H, Mrs. Smith, Assist, A-S-S-I-S-S-T.com. <laughs> Thank you for breaking that down for us. And are there <laughs> any social media platforms that you hang out on most often? 
We're on Instagram mostly. Yeah. Okay. Same handle, Mrs. Smith Assist. Yep. That's it. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'll link to all of that in the show notes for you guys too. And again, thank you so much for being here, Jade. It was so great to talk to you. Yes. This is an awesome conversation. Thank you again for having me. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of The Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.